Oh, Janet Lee. Whoa. That, I'll tell you what. Send us the rain, Lord. Send us the latter rain. I, I remember that going way, way, way back in time. And uh, <clears throat> I loved those songs. They, uh, they had a lot of meaning to me, and they still do. And you just played it like a, with those nimble fingers of yours, like a, a, a spring deer just, uh, just gliding over the green, green grass meadows. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Janet Lee. And hello out there, everybody. We hope that you're gathered around and ready to listen because today is a teaching. It is a teaching. And we are into, uh, guess what, part six, the astounding Bible revelation of the universe. And, and it, it will be astounding today. I have I've several things to say. I have to cover some of the, the prior things because if I don't do that, people just aren't going to understand the message. And uh, so I, I, I need to do that. And we will get into that because it's all applicable as to the necessity of teaching. So God bless you. And uh, may God, uh, if you have any, any kind of physical problems right now, if you're fighting pain in your body, uh, you know, uh, if you're fighting uh, any kind of uh, migraine-ish type headaches, if you're fighting uh, just feeling miserable and depressed, um, the Holy Spirit is right here, right now. And uh, the Father of Lights is right here, right now. The Healer is right here, right now. I feel the Holy Presence of my dear Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. And I want to pray for you right now so that you can just enter into this uh, hearing with... Uh, with joy and relief. Precious Heavenly Father, just right now reach out across this airwave, across these internet waves, and begin to, by your Holy Spirit, reach into these precious lambs, these precious hearts, these people who are wanting to know your will and wanting to serve you and wanting to know your truth. Just bless them and heal them. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid, to the lymphatic gland. Begin to strengthen the lymphatic gland and the immune system and cause it to cease its rebellion and begin to operate at 100% efficiency and just cause healing to pour throughout the whole body of each of the persons that are hearing this. In the name of Jesus Christ, Yahweh, Amen. Well, last week we talked about uh, the mystical fountain of youth and uh, <clears throat> the, um, the bodies, uh, you know, uh, that um, could be subjected to natural gr uh, youth enhancing uh, Hormones that would stimulate the release of uh, certain kinds of hormones like growth hormones and, and other kinds of hormones that can help bring self-repair to the body and can help uh, stimulate it in such a way that uh, it will begin to uh, increase, uh, you know, with a stronger immune system and 
with uh, all kinds of uh, of uh, body functions that uh, have been sludged down by uh, you know problems in the body um, many many different causes we don't have time to go into it we talked about the secrets of the frontal lobe of the brain uh, number one the min the memory number two uh, the its power of divine electricity and uh, its um, capability to put in a uh, a super high kind of synesthesia that allows us to go into all kinds of different uh, uh, imaging and, and uh, photo graviers uh, uh, with the imprint thereof and the power of enforcing the ability of, of uh, uh, the keenness, keenness for writing and the capability of uh, brain uh, transmitting uh, uh, for communication uh, to the synaphysis boutons uh, which opens a whole network to the hormones, including growth hormones, and um, which here to, here the four, when it is blocked, uh, has uh, held back the keys to use rehabilitation. Adding to that, as we get, begin to talk about this um, prefrontal cortex, uh, which owns the higher brain functions of the brain, and uh, understand this, uh, that the uh, uh, human brain is considered one of the most complex things to exist in the universe. So if anybody thinks that they know everything about the brain, think again. Because believe me, when we start talking about something that is, is considered the most complex uh, thing in the universe, uh, we are talking quite a, um, an advanced thing that is not a simplicity. The human personality is determined by the frontal lobe. And neuroscientists say uh, people do not reach maturity till at least age 25. And, and that differs with some people. The, uh, the right uh, brain lobe contains visual uh, you know, visual min, uh, memories, like you've got the frontal brain lobes, and then you've got the other hemispheres. You've got a right hemisphere, a left hemisphere, and, and, and a, a hinder uh, hemisphere, so to speak. And um, so the right uh, brain uh, hemisphere lobe contains visual ministry. The left brain lobe contains verbal ministry. But the uh, manifest revelation of the of the frontal lobe is a collective memory, including spiritual and long-term memories, and so there is something really powerful about understanding what the frontal lobe can give to you, and uh, its complexities, its eloquence, uh, its mysteries. The frontal lobe constitutes two thirds of the human brain and is the processing center for the brain or the mind, however you like to say that. When we consider expanding this thing about the capability of the frontal lobe into time and space, uh, we, really, we really begin to come into some interesting things. I 
I had heard this many, many years ago, but I ran across this of a more recent case, which is uh, just indirectly connected to the subject, that a scientist uh, achieved photographing the spirit soul leaving a human body. And uh, I'll have more to talk about that. And maybe next week we'll get into the, uh, the hippocampus and this connection and the average capability of the individual person to be able to have a memory of at least a million items and how that the mystery of the left and right parts of the frontal lobe brain uh, are applicable to this aspect of, uh, of, of the human brain in space and time and how that the frontal lobe is involved in uh, the speaking uh, uh, you know of language and how that that connects to so many important things. They say that uh, schizophrenia that people have uh, is because people have not been able to uh, release themselves uh, to to have a, a, a constituency of of um, of language communication with their their inner self. And because the inner self is is just part of the complexity of who each person is, uh, there is a point of of rising mount up of of uh, putting things into uh, a differentiation, uh, and that differentiation can then sometimes, as a result, connected to the human language, uh, bring about uh, schizophrenia, and and which is you know a person not rightly being able to communicate with their inner brain and just getting off the shelf of reality and so there is so much to talk about so much interest uh, but that's our little dibby dad for today on 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 that subject and uh, just uh, do it at the beginning because if we don't uh, we'll probably just skip through it and I don't think that's a good thing I think we need to keep this thing on the re revitalization of youth uh, out there on the format. Now, there's an interesting thing that God said just to show how brilliant the Bible is, how brilliant God is, how beyond the beyond the revelations of God are. He said, consider the ant thou sluggard. And um, there is um, so much to, to, to know about that because uh, we, we, could, we could do a whole teaching on ants, but we don't have the time for that today. But but there are there uh, there are some uh, things that it would be good for people to know uh, about the ant world and how uh, unusual that the ant world is and and what does that have to do with our subject? Well, because of our teachings going way back of how that even the atoms have within them a certain kind of um, memory function. Uh, that uh, that acts uh, almost as a brain sometimes uh, in their movements, and 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 that works its way right on up as those brains become collective in molecules and in and in uh, animals and human beings, and so the story uh, with this uh, uh, mystery and complexity uh, becomes simplified in 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 some rational reactions. Uh, and actions that people do, uh, and they don't know why they they do it. Uh, you know, uh, some people call it instinct, 
but instinct is something that is 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 uh, uh, inborn because it has a there's a message planted there in in the 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 animal uh, the critter. Uh, or even the thing, like the atoms and the molecules and etc. And because of that, uh, that capability of, of imprint, that uh, you know opens up um, a lot of the things about the the Latolution teachings that we do, and uh, and about the story of uh, really of uh, of creation. Uh, like we're we're going to get into some interesting things to help people really understand uh you know the importance of this teaching on the universe and and this thing about the the uh, the black hole pit and the bottomless pit uh, how important that is to the bible as, as you listen today your your mind is really going to be expanded and uh, I, I want to go uh, go back to the uh, the seven thunders uh, speak manifest chronicles before Genesis. Seven thunders speak manifest chronicles before Genesis. The manifester. If you do not have this book, uh, <laughs> you, it's much harder to keep up with all my teachings. Um, page five hundred six. Outside the first domain in the vast voids of what was physical infinity, courier aureolas of pure and original energy signaled for there to be. Uh, developed uh, as options of free will, permissive wells, contra wells to the perfect will of God. Then th that is because God did not want people to be forced to believe in Him. He did not want robotic uh, uh, worship. He wanted uh, you know people to be doing this and spirits to be doing this because of their own free wills. Therefore, the outer void beyond the curved cycles of the first domain was permeated by the soundtron shinings of the courier oleolus sent from the first domain. This was the beginning of new beginnings, continuums stretching into the vast of the afore, and continuums stretching into the vast of the beyond the being. This story regards uh, the seven universes created before the eighth universe in which planet Earth abides. For unto this point, of the conclusion of the seven universes, the universe where planet Earth abides had not yet been sparked into existence. Now, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's carry on here just a little bit over to page 507. The first domain is exalted above all domains. Its influence, called the dromaton, dromatron effect, effect, touches all points of outer and inner space. Its relative parts by contrapose produce the convoluted and involuted coils of the universe, which are revealed, uh, from which are revealed the curves of life. Let that which is to be manifested be shaped and drawn into tones of words to be written, and let the colors of truth breathe, breathe speech into the holy art of the divine word. Now, Next little part here, and then we'll be done with the book for now. Uh, after the inner alpha ages, but before the outer alpha dawnings had begun. Now, before there were universes, there was what was called the alpha ages. And when the last alpha age had, had been completed, uh, then this goes on to, to, to tell how that... Uh, 
it, it, it became a, a substance of density. At this point, the substance of matter, other than the inner alpha era debris, um, uh, at this point, no substance of matter other than the inner alpha debris existed. That same inner alpha debris, having become rolled as a scroll, was congealed and gravitated into lock compressions of super heavy density. Now this is very, very, very important. There was a time when there was only just one complexity of infinity. And God separated himself by certain methods from contact with the, the physical aspect of that infinity, but the spiritual aspect was, was there. And no doubt it was some, done something along the lines of how the Holy Spirit, which is directly from the first domain, from the heaven of heavens, is here in this physical realm, and yet, you know, it's like the neutron in a semblance kind of way, uh, where, where it, it is neutral, it's, it's neither anti or pro, uh, uh, you know, and so that's very important to understand that there are means and methods far beyond most people's comprehension at this time to understand exactly uh, what that, uh, that means is. But um, as we begin to come into this, this realization uh, of these things, and we realize then, because of, of uh, circumstances and, and things that happened during the Alpha Ages, God decided to separate himself and his kingdom from the, uh, the physical uh, kind of matter that belonged to the alpha physical part of, the, of that, uh, of that, that uh, world of complexities. And um, so, from, so all of the debris that was the debris of the physical matter began to be rolled together as a scroll, as it said here in this word, and become high density, and, and God separated his spirit aspect from that world of, of, of oneness, so to speak. Uh, it wasn't really a oneness that both the physical and the spirit were belonging together in, in a union of one, but that they were using the same uh, habitat called the Alpha world during the Alpha Ages. So once that was separated, that was the end of that particular kind of Alpha living, which included both the spirit world of, of God in his, his person, uh, you know, uh, diversified as, as uh, the Lord M is. And um, the uh, separation of, of him, uh, or of M, as we prefer to call him, because he's not really male or female in the first domain, he's spirit. And um, <clears throat> he uh, separated himself, that became the first domain, uh, like from the word kingdom, the, the part of kingdom, D-O-M, dumb is an abbreviation, D-O-M is an abbreviation in the word kingdom for domain.
And so the first domain, then, um, it's the first time that, that God separated himself completely from the physical era and the physical worlds. And, and so then the Alpha Ages ended, and all, all that was left was just the physical debris. Then, when it came time after eons of time to create uh, a new kind of, of physical world that was to be called, uh, in our human understanding, the universe, uh, there was the Alpha Ages, Ages debris, and God, with his courier, uh, uh, angelic spirits sent, uh, which were couriers and angelic uh, impression energy uh, was sent forth from the first domain and it was like almost uh, antimatter, you know, because I mean, uh, the things of God that are pure cannot tolerate the things that are not of God that are Im, uh, impure. And, and so um, when those rays uh, touched the debris of the former alpha uh, ages uh, world, there was a huge kind of explosion. Um, now, someone says, well, that doesn't seem like a divine thing to have explosions. Um, <laughs> you don't know too much about the world, do you? The earth world that we live in and the volcanoes and the earthquakes and the many other kind of things, tsunamis that are sort of like explosions, and and the world was made that way, and the universe was made that way, and it's and it's happening all the time in the starry heavens. So there is a, a reason why these explosions are are important because they sort of shock, they sort of act as shock waves, and and separate the densities and then allow there to be uh, a creation to come out of that densities. Now, when the Alpha Ages density uh, was in its density, before the Courier Aureolus uh, touched it and there was this vast explosion, There was left in it what is called syntone, S-Y-N-T-O-N-E. And there's good syntone and there's bad syntone. And basically what it is, it's a collective of, of uh, sort of like a book of life thing, of, of that part of everything in the universe uh, that has a degree of good in it and everything in the universe that has a degree of bad in it. And, and, and so... Uh, as the uh, debris was was um, uh, subjected to this shock expansion uh, and began to spread out into to the vacuums of space that were being created as as these um, aspects of particles went forward and energies went forward, um, there was within that experience. The syntone. Now, this syntone is a really, really big teaching, and I've done this many, many years ago, and and it is an incredible teaching. And every person has syntone in them because here's what here's how it works. That syntone is never is never dissolved. 
uh, it is all it always re- remains in the debris so when it expanded it became part of uh, and was infused into the new first universe and then when the uh, the first universe ended and it became compressed in in a debris that same syntone from the alpha era remained in that uh, debris of the first universe and then on to the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and today in the eighth universe in which we are in uh, it the syntone is in everything that that there is and it has both the good and it has both the bad and it does affect our lives and it does affect the universe and um, that's another teaching certainly won't be done today but uh, that just gives you some really interesting insight to all the exciting possibilities of, of uh, you know, the Word of God. Now, <clears throat> we said all of that as we were starting to talk about the ant-style sluggard. And uh, some of the interesting things about ants, uh, you know, how they make their huge underground uh, megapolis uh, type of nests, and uh, how that some uh, ants uh, can become... Um, you know, um, accordingly, uh, as a result of, of being uh, uh, taken over by a certain kind of ant fungus, they can become zombies. And uh, But nevertheless, God has raised up a particular parasite that is full function. Full function is just to destroy this kind of... Uh, of uh, parasite fungus that uh, makes ants become uh, zombies and uh, so it's, it's, it's quite it's quite amazing when we we begin to to understand that now the the ant um, you know it, it has the largest brain of all insects in the entire earth and it has 250,000 brain cells evidence Evidence suggests that that ants began farming over 50 million years ago. And they grow mushrooms. They create fertilizer for them. They use techniques uh, of horticulture. Um, mushrooms are very complicated uh, to raise, but they use venting systems and, and create temperatures and control the temperatures uh, that makes the mushrooms able to be available for them. So it's, um, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Now, ants are the greatest insect killer of all times. There is um, no other critter that kills more insects than ants do. And when these uh, war ants uh, go on a, um, a march, for instance, they, they, they just come out of their nest by the multi-millions and they just march across the earth and every living insect that's in its way, even something as large as a scorpion, they come across a scorpion, they attack it and they kill it. Even something as large as a snake, they come across a snake, they attack it and by the, the hundreds and thousands, they just, they're on it until they kill the snake. And... Um, uh, that's almost hard to imagine. Uh, they use psychology. When these war ants are attacking other ant colonies, 
they will march up to the uh, other ant world or the other ant, uh, you know, nests, and they will just surround it, and they'll just stay surrounding it for about two days. Well, the other ants know that they are surrounded by these war ants, and they begin to become so nervous and so uh, malfunctional uh, that, that, that they, they just begin to lose uh, good sense of how to even defend their colony. And then when the war ants are aware of that, they attack and they just destroy that colony. Um, and the, the warrior ants, they, um, all ants are blind, by the way, but the warrior ants uh, cannot feed themselves. So they have to invade these other kind of ants that are not warrior ants, and they have to steal the nest uh, of the, the ant embryos and carry all those ant embryos into their warrior ant nests and then raise them. And then they train those ant embryos to become slave ants and to know how to feed them and to do various other things along that line. It's, uh, it's quite quite amazing there's uh, <laughs> no doubt about that you know now give me an idea that when jesus said consider the ant this is no small subject the total biomass of all ants on earth is equal to the total biomass of all people on earth so don't ever get to thinking that they are just a minor uh, unimportant thing another thing ants never sleep so there's an awful lot of, um, of incredible revelation about ants. But one of the interesting and latest things that is coming out on science is that something has happened in the ant world that the top ant scientists have said could never happen. The top ant, ant scientists have said that ants had evolved, evolved as far as they were able to evolve because... Uh, their brain is very large per body size and very heavy per body size. And um, if it got any larger or any heavier, then uh, the body just wouldn't be able to properly handle carrying it. And uh, it's, it's amazing they had all that kind of idea because something has happened recently, just since the last time uh, the psychology of ants was checked in the year 2009. So just since that time, not that long ago, this is just 2012, that's just three years ago, just since three years ago or less, they have discovered that ants have come into a totally different order. It's like all of the ants of the different species which have different kind of smells and they're different sizes. And usually when they, uh, an ant of a, of, a, of a different colony would smell another ant of a different colony, they would immediately want to go to war with it and kill it. But now something has happened. The ants are bonding. And they are not going to war. And they are uh, cooperating and becoming a huge mega community, although they still have their separate uh, colony nests. They are all working together in this world ant government. 
and it's unheard of, but it's like there is something that is a sign in them. And when God said, consider the ant, there's a message there. And there's a message of how when Nimrod and the Tower of Babel uh, were on earth, and uh, they were building the tower up to the heavens, and, with, and all the people spoke of one language, and the Bible says, that there, therefore, there is nothing uh, that, uh, that their imagination will not enable them to do. So something like that happens. And in this world, and I, I've noticed this, things go in cycles. I remember many years ago when I was in the piano business, you could have two or three days, nobody would come into the store. And then a day in which you'd have a half a dozen people come in interested to buy a piano. Things happen in cycles. It's like there is a uh, you know, vibrational uh, pattern that people pick up. And, and it's like it's, 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 you know, it's of this earth, but it's also universal. And as well as that, then each person has imbued in them these different memory things, the sin tones, other information that is universal information uh, that becomes part of the DNA, and and uh, uh, and so that even the atoms and the molecules are, are affected by that kind of information, and so are then little creatures, uh, critters like ants, and now they're coming into the and and, and the, these mega colonies, uh, multi uh, confederations, are so huge they are spreading over hundreds of thousands of uh, of of miles. And, and, and sometimes from, from nation to another nation, the same colony is spread out with their underground, uh, you know, worlds. And uh, it's all happening beneath our feet. There's a sign there. Well, I think that the example of this and why I wanted to mention it was the, the universe in many ways is like that. You know, it, it, is, it is like that. And uh, there are mysteries of this universe, things that people have not understood. And, and there's probably people are going to say, well, you know, yeah, that may be true, but I just don't know why, you know, we're just little people on Earth. I don't know why we have to know all this, you know, complicated stuff about the universe. You know, I, I just like to look up there and see the stars, and I just like to you know, have the sun shining and have a nice day to go fishing. Sure, that's all great. That's grand. But you know what? The most complex thing on earth is the human brain. And God put that in your body, and you have that in your body. And God wants you to know something about yourself. After all, schizophrenia happens because people don't communicate with the messages in their body. And it... it, it, it Quarrels that messes up the communication of, of, of their language, and some of these people end up with schizophrenia. And so there's a message the Bible tells us in the Old Testament prophet books that there's going to be a pure language that's going to come forth in the world. And, and I believe that, and I know it's true, and I know it's going to happen. <clears throat> and I know that God 
wants us to be where he gave us the most complicated and the most incredibly in fantastic brain uh, that's more complicated than the universe. Uh, and he wants us to, to recognize and do something with it. And that's why he's saying to us, consider the ant, thou sluggard. Consider the ant. So I'm asking you today to just listen to the, this message I'm teaching because, you know, it's important. Someone says, yeah, but I still don't know about the connection. Well, let me show you something. Let me show you something. You heard of Judas. Judas was the person who, who um, turned uh, Jesus in and betrayed him to the scribes and the Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, and they came into the Garden of Eden where Judas was uh, not Eden, pardon, into the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus well knew that, uh, 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 that Judas well knew that Jesus would probably be. And then they arrested Jesus. But how, can, how does that have anything to do with the black, hole, black holes in the bottomless pit? Well, it most certainly does. It most certainly does. So let's look at a few scriptures here. Turn with me to Second Thessalonians. And let's look at Second Thessalonians, and let's just read this scripture, because I'll tell you what, <laughs> people say, oh, I'm interested in is the coming of Jesus Christ, yeah? Well, <laughs> that's, that's where this scripture comes from. Second Thessalonians says, I, We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering uh, together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Now you people that are all caught up and said, oh, any day when Christ is coming and, and, the, and the end of the world is going to be happening, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about. And these people out there have been preaching that message, they don't know what they're talking about either. Because the son of perdition has got to be revealed. And people don't even know the story of the son of perdition. And that son of perdition has got to be revealed so that you can even understand the coming of the Lord. Let's go on. Verse 4, chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians. Who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. <laughs> is this important? <laughs> the Bible says that has to happen, and that's part of what's going to cause the great falling away. That has to happen before the coming of Christ. Is that important? Of course it is. Verse 5, remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things? You did? Yes, Jesus preached these things, and I'm going to share that with you. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. There is something out there that is an element withholding things that people are expecting to happen at any moment. And they don't know what it is that's withholding it. And they're confused about what is withholding it. And from time to time, as people are so absolutely positive that the end of the world is going to happen the next day or two, or the next month or two, or the next year or two, and then it doesn't happen. They become confounded and confused when they're expecting all these things because they do not know what it is that withholdeth. Verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity does already work. 
Only he that will now let will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs. Whoa. And with all undeceivableness of with all deceivableness of righteousness in them that perish. Now, you know, what what is this all about? Well, in verse three it says, Except there come a falling away first, and that the man that that the, the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The son of perdition. Who is this son of perdition? Who is this son of perdition? Well, the son of perdition is Judas. Is Judas. And, you know, people don't even understand or know that. They do not understand or know it. Now let's turn to the, the Gospel of John. Turn to the Gospel of John, okay? And let's look at a couple scriptures here. Chapter 17. And you're going to see something amazing as we put these this together. Chapter 17, verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them. He's talking about his disciples. I kept the disciples in thy name, uh, those that thou gavest me. I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Now, none of the disciples were lost, but the son of perdition, who, of course, was Judas. And that was, that had to happen because it was already prophesied way, way, way back before the coming of Jesus Christ in the book of Psalms that this was going to happen. And it's a bigger issue and a more important issue than can ever be imagined. Well, some will say, yeah, but what about the book of Judas that they've just found? And it sort of shows that he didn't really... Uh, he didn't. He didn't really betray Jesus. Uh, it was just all part of the plan. Don't buy into that. Don't believe that. Every book that's written doesn't mean it's true. That book was probably written by Satan, because the the Bible is very clear about who the Son of Perdition is. Okay, let's look at John thirteen eight eight. Go back to a little bit. John thirteen eight. Okay. Peter saith unto them, Thou shalt never wash my feet, Jesus. And Jesus answered, If I wash thee not, uh, thou hast no part with me. Okay? Now, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, skip to verse 18. I speak not of all of you. I, I, I know whom I have chosen but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. And of course, what did Jesus do at the Last Supper? They said, well, who is this person that's going to betray you? He said, he that soppeth his bread with me, he is the one. And when Peter sopped his bread, that revealed that it was indeed him. Although there were other disciples do it that did that, that sopped their bread and participated there obviously was an order of how he was presenting that, that those that were, were uh, keen-minded uh, minded would be able to see. And so let's look then at Psalms 41.9. Psalms 41.9. Th these are awfully important because uh, you, if you get to thinking this thing about the, 
you know, the the, the pits, uh, the whole pits, and and the bottomless pit is is not important to to you. <laughs> you just don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're you're just not on the on the same boat, you know. That that is the plan of God boat. So come on. Now let's look at Psalms 41, and I want to read read that to you. 41 nine. And here's what it says. Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up, that I may requite them. So we see that this, and, and there's more in, in Psalms on this, but I don't have time to go through all the scriptures. But you can see that there, there, that there is more. Okay, now let's... Um, let, let's let's look at um, uh, Revelations nine and uh, real fast. I got a couple more scriptures on this. I could do a long, full teaching on this, but uh, it's just right now to make a point. Okay. Um, all right. Here we go. Now the Bible talks about uh, uh, there was a. There is a bottomless pit in verse 11, 9, 11, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Now, there, there's a king over these people who are in the bottomless pit, and he is the king. He, he is an angel over all of them, and his name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue, his name is Apollyon, and as we begin to see this, let's go back to... to, to um, Let's go back to uh, verse 1 of chapter 9. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose uh, a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And we've done teachings on this, and there's a lot of revelation on this in the Peace Bible. And I'm not going to go into a lot of this, but this is such an important subject. This is such an important subject. We've got to catch on to this. Look, uh, we, we see that, that the angels of God were commanded to give this key. They were commanded to give this key to the bottomless pit, and so we've got Abaddon, who is in charge, and he's, he's king. Now someone said, well, who is Abaddon? Isn't that Satan? Well, it's very similar to being Satan because one of the, the deals that, uh, uh, that Satan made with uh, Judas was that uh, he would co-oon with him and bring him into uh, being one with Satan. So when you get into that kind of scenario, it gets quite complicated uh, in the separation of Satan and, and, and Judas, uh, the son of perdition and Satan, because they are into this tight uh, oneness uh, of occupying the same space, even in the sense of being an elect. Uh, okay, so as we, as we look at this, you know, it becomes uh, quite, quite interesting. Now, now turn to, uh, to the 17th chapter of Revelations. One more time here. Revelation 17. And uh, let's look at uh, 
7 and 8. And the angel said unto, said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carrieth uh, her, which hath the seven heads. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Now, this beast, obviously, that the, the church of Babylon, the woman of Babylon rides upon, is this Abaddon, which is this new spiritual name for Judah, uh, for Judah who betrayed the Lord Jesus, and who, who the Bible calls the son of perdition. And here we see the connection to the perdition and this beast, and, and how that this beast is, is anti to become, hates the woman, but also is anti to the church. And this story of the beast and this perdition, uh, son of perdition, said this has got to be revealed. This has got to be made known because if it's not known, you know, the, the Lord can't hold, can't come because there is something holding back the coming. And what's holding back the coming? Well, it's this son of perdition and the knowledge about the son of perdition because this is tied in to the whole thing that is the revelation and chapter 9, verse, verse 1 of the key being given to Lucifer via the son of perdition to have control of this bottomless pit, which is a specific space. But I want you to understand that this specific space, while it becomes a factory that begins to create these, these mantis, lo locust mantis uh, people, android robots, that later, when things begin to go wrong, it becomes the father of all black holes. And Satan, trying to still save himself, begins to steer these black holes through that process of nature, with a plan that I don't have time to get into today, but when the universe ends, it ends because these black holes, which a, a black hole is a, is a star that's, say, eight times the mass of our sun. And when it begins to unfold, the, it, it, it falls into itself. The gravity is so great, uh, it goes into density. I'll, I'll, I'll be getting into that. And so, in the end, when the heavens, the Bible says, will be rolled together as a scroll, what will happen is these densities of the black holes will begin gobbling up stars, gobbling up accretions, and holes will, will gobble up other black holes, 
and in the end, all of them will be have been gobbled up by the father of holes, which was once called the bottomless pit, but now has become the father of holes. And so all of the universe ends up being gobbled up by the father of holes just before it goes into ultimate density. Because Satan, Lucifer, Satan knows that this information will remain, and that's why the Bible says, you know, when the heavens are rolled together as a scroll, the scroll is the book of life, the book of information of that whole universe, and universes before it, and it will remain. And so he, just like Gog and Magog, will have his place in history in a prominent way because he was the father of whole, of the, of the, of the black holes from which he changed the bottomless pit into a black hole toward the end of time. Now there's a lot more that could be taught and preached on that. It's an incredible thing. And we would connect that later to Revelations 20, 12 through 15, the lake of fire. How that all things are cast into the lake of fire. And, and, but, you know, that's not the message today. But that is an interesting word and an interesting message. And it's the kind of thing that, you know, people just need to know uh, if they're going to really, really know about themselves, if they're going to really know about the Word of God, if they're really going to know about Jesus, if all the things were written that should be written, if all the things were said that should be said. I have many things to say to you, Jesus said. You cannot bear them now, but I'm going to send the Comforter. And the Comforter is going to raise up prophets and servants of God who have the seven thunders. And that is the way that the mysteries that have not been known are going to be revealed. It's through the revelation of the seven thunders, which will be revealed to his servants, the prophets. Now, the Bible says that the beginning of life in this universe, the eighth universe, was digged out of a black hole pit. That's Isaiah 51.1. Now, someone says, well, how could we be dug out of a, a black hole pit? I, I thought we were the fallen angels that fell from heaven to the earth. Uh, see, here's where you've got to be careful not to get mixed up. The Bible sometimes talks, I had a person come to me one time and say, well, I've had him come to me on this issue a lot of times. Say, well, it says here that once you die, that's it. You don't remember anything anymore. I said, that's talking about the human body, not the spirit. And you have to understand this thing about that you came from the, this dug, you come as being dug out of this black hole, which was the debris, the remnant of the, prior universe and of the universe before that and before and before and before and the alpha age uh, density before that. And you're dug out of that in the physical sense. So when the people say, yeah, you know, when it says that we are dust, it's talking about stardust. Because black holes are made out of collapsed stars. And all the debris and all that, etc., is where that comes from. 
Wow. So get that straight so people don't say, oh, you know, I don't believe my spirit came from a black hole. No, it didn't. We're talking about the physical elements of your body that came from the black hole. Because when this, when this density was shockwaved out into space, into the vacuum of space, and spread out to become the universe, and all the atoms and all the molecules of which you are formed, the information that was in that black hole is in you. You were dug out of that black hole. Wow. And it didn't say black holes. It said black hole because it's talking about the father <laughs> of black holes. He's, he's, he's got a part, you know. And, you know, um, um, the father of black holes at that time was Gog and Magog. And now Satan wants that job of, of that Gog and Magog had in the ninth universe when the ninth universe debris from the eighth universe is expanded by the shock waves into the next uh, vacuum of space expansion. I hope you're following. Whew. I hope you're following. So, if we said last week, if a, if a universe ends, if a universe ends, as the Bible tells us in Isaiah 34, 4, when all of the host of heaven is dissolved and the heavens are rolled together as a scroll, then that has something to do with telling us about the beginning. And that helps us to you know, to, to better understand the beginning because without understanding the beginning then we can't really understand uh, the meaning of, of what's going on, what's not going on. It's so very, very, very important. I, I, just, I just want you to, to understand this. I, want you to, I just want you to to get into your mind and to not be afraid of it. Don't, uh, don't allow yourself to, to feel like you can't do it because you can and you will. God is going to lead you and guide you. He's going to, uh, to help you come into these truths. And uh, you're going to see just how really wonderful and beautiful they are. Now, we're talking about how these black holes, what happens. Well, a black hole can accrete matter into itself. And as, as that um, matter is accreted into itself, and that matter is, is pulled into a, a black hole kind of sta status, because as it begins to go into density, it gains what's called kinetic energy. And it heats up until it becomes a tidal force. And, and this, this heating just expands and causes the atoms to get so hot and, and so 
diffused that they begin to release x-rays. But it doesn't happen until the atoms reach a, a, a you know, um, a point uh, of a million Kevin. When they reach a point where it's so hot it equals a million Kevin, then they begin to emit x-rays. Now, what, this is all part of the plan. Someone said, well, okay, what's that got to do with anything? Well, you have to understand that when you think of a, of a black hole being enormous. Well, they are as they are uh, crunching and munching on, on uh, a star or stars. But once they have crunched and munched and once everything has gone into ultimate density, they can become so small they are totally invisible to telescopes. They're totally invisible to mankind. And so this little small thing that's just, you know, hardly anything in the way of dimension is out there in the universe. And if a star or a spaceship or anything gets close to it, wham, it'll suck you right in and suck you up. And you can't see it. And the only way that scientists can know about it is when there is some kind of an activity going on with new matter coming into it and it crunching it and it then re uh, the atoms reaching the, the heat level of Kevin and it be then begins, it forces that matter uh, that's no longer matter, but to the accretion it forces it to, to uh, release, you know, these uh, x-rays. And then they can, they can see those x-rays and say, oh my God, there's a black hole over here. Let's get, let's get around it. Now this black hole thing is, uh, you know, really, really very, very interesting. It's, 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 it's very, very interesting. Um, using really high advanced uh, technology and sensitive um, equipment, uh, there has been detected gamma rays revealing the enlarging of black holes. And while this process of, an, of enlarging black holes, this sensitive equipment has actually been able to make little ditto markings on its, on its printouts, which is showing that it is actually the sound of that black hole munching on the star that got too close to it. Actually munching on a star. They have been able with this new equipment to detect the munching of a black hole on a star and crunching it into density. It's not, it's not minor folks, you know. It's not, it's not minor. Now, stars, you know, are, are, are not any, some small thing, especially when we're talking a star eight times the size of the sun becoming part of a black hole, be, becoming a black hole. You know, they, they were superstars. And uh, they are so much more massive than the Earth, uh, than the Earth's sun, that uh, there's hardly any 
any com any comparative. But when the star event begins to, with its billions of of um, references to solar masses, uh, begins to uh, get into this event horizon, or the, just let's say horizon, just event of collapsing, it will continue to collapse to the point of zero volume. That's how small that the density forces it to become. It forces it to be, be, be configured as a zero volume. And this, this is its point of infinite density. Wow. They have noted jet streams that seem to pour out from some black holes. And this seems to provide unique evidence of the most extreme speeds and energies known in the universe. Well, what I want to reveal to you is a black hole is a whirlwind. W-H-I-R-L-W-I-N-D is a whirlwind traveling at 20 million miles per hour winds. As the whirl begins to move, it affects the fabric of space around the hole. Einstein noticed the warping in space and in the contours of space. This had a lot to do with the black hole. Atomic particles whipped in a whirlwind around a black hole become what's called a singularity. And even black holes sometimes merge. A famous scientist called Schwarzschild talked about the danger zone radius, which he figured that capital R equals 2 capital G M times the square of light. And he showed the surface of a black hole as being called an event horizon. The size of a black hole in density is only a few tens of a kilometer, which in the volume of space, that is considered zero point. Wow. That's when it becomes a visual spectrum impossibility to be able to actually see a black hole. Serious stuff, folks. This singularity we talked about of a, that a black hole becomes, the singularity point of a black hole is its center. And that's where its strongest gravitational force is 
arrived from. Once again, when the surface of a huge star that, em that emits electrovimatic energy and charged particles moves as a solar wind, it's a good possibility of becoming at a point in which it will collapse in on itself and become a black hole. Wow. Wow. I, I hope that you can get the essence of this. You know? I think it's, it's things like the speed of light. You know? We talk about the diameter of the Earth, the 12 kilometers, and how that light only takes four hundredths of a second to go across the diameter. All these things are important because they have to do with this super connection to to Jesus Christ, to the forces of darkness. imbued into this very thing about a black hole is, is a prophecy and a story of Satan and, and Lucifer and the son of perdition. People have got to get with this word. They've got to get this revelation if they're really going to understand about the star time of the universe which it describes in the first chapter of Genesis. The superimposition of time, place, and order in space is not just a skip to Malou, my darling. As we get into dis discovering the, the meaning of elevations and the meaning of sky and air and heaven and the rise and the mountain and, and what this is really referring to, we think of Jesus says, you may say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And the mountain can even refer into revelation of unknown revelation of the mystery of the universe, of the heavens. It's about time that some of the people listening to this broadcast and the people that need to listen to this broadcast begin to get in alignment with this word and begin to understand that, that we're not speaking these things just to try to show how technical we are or are not. We're speaking these things because it's Bible. It's Bible. Wow. It is so important. There's a, there's a, a, a graphical timeline from the Big Bang or from what we call the the huge, gigantic shock, shock wave expansion and explosion to the point of what they call the heat death when everything settles down. Now, I know that scientists say, well, you know, at the very end, 
all the black holes will just be dissipated by the heat death. That's what they say. I understand it different and know it different. Uh, although, <laughs> what's the difference when you get to the point of the end where the whole universe is in a heat death and it's already rolling into a density, then the black holes are already there. And the father of black holes is on top of all of that. But there's a lot of things that they've been guessing about and they're just plain wrong. And that's pretty, pretty clear. So we said in Isaiah 34, all the host of heaven will be dissolved and the heavens will roll together. Does that sound like <laughs> this whirlwind black hole munching and crunching up all of this stellar energy and putting it into density, dissolving it? Of course it does. Does that sound like the heat death? Sure it does. Look at all of the the scriptures, I gave these to you before, I give them to you again, about how a universe begins, the stretching of heaven. Isaiah 42.5. Isaiah 45.12. Jeremiah 32.17. Psalms 104.2. Isaiah 40.22. Isaiah 44.24. Zechariah 12.1. One more time. Isaiah 42.35, Isaiah 45.12, Jeremiah 32.17, Psalms 104.2, Isaiah 40.22, Isaiah 44.24, Zechariah 12.1, Isaiah 40.22 says, stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spread them out as a tent to dwell in. We begin to get into the crystalline lattice when we get into scriptures like that because that's what it's talking about. Some of these curtains that were made in, uh, for the, the, the tabernacle were linen with crisscrossed horizontal and, and vertical bars and they were a net. And Jesus said the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net. Zechariah 12.1 Stretched forth the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and formed the spirit of man in him. Since the universe ends being a scroll, the next universe will begin from being a scroll stretched out with information of instructions. Once that shock wave that I spoke about begins to be sent out. Yeah, is there an abyss? Sure, you could call the black hole an abyss. It could be a, a, a literal figuration. You can talk about being lost in the abysses of space and time. You can talk about on this earth, configuratively, of there being a mental underworld, which becomes a deep chasm, a depth immeasurable, with its void and with its reference to hell. But don't think that there are not spins and torsions involved in that whole, whole thing. Don't think that there is not emerging, as I said earlier, of black holes, 
A black hole is no no game. So as we begin to really look into these these things of massive black holes, we also understand that there was a plan for these black holes in the creation of galaxies, in the creation of planets. And we always know that the forces dark get involved in that kind of thing. We have scripture that shows that Satan did. And it was interesting how that his status, status or, uh, orders in Ezekiel were um, compared in a metaphor of, of Tyrus to, to the stones of fire. And how important that is when we start talking about the lattice of the heavens. And Satan is not stupid. He wants to be involved in all of that. He wants to have a part. He wants to have an eternal recognition. They say that it's possible that there are some areas in the universe that do not have a north and a south pole. That are mono. There's a monopole. It doesn't have a, an opposite. It's all just from one solitary pole. They say that it's possible that in the universe there's segments of areas. Just like told in the, in the, the seven thunders of, of, of this book that I read to you a little while ago. My God, people, if you don't have that book, get it. Get that book. It's the most incredible book, I'll tell you. Get it. Yes, they say that antimatter and matter... They both exist in the universe. And that without the division of antimatter and matter in the way that it was, there wouldn't have been the universe as we know it today. So we accept all of that. We believe all of that. We praise God. We talked about the, the, the scroll and how the scroll had an, an iron rod through it that enabled the scroll to turn on. And the scroll was sort of shaped like a cylinder. And, and they, were, they actually become time capsules of, in, of inexhaustible fullness. They have a, a continent of thoughts. They're an ocean, as I said last week, storehouse of truth. A paradise of doctrines. A wheel. Wow. Jesus said, I am not coming to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. We always want to destroy something. We always want to, we always want to get out there and find something that seems to be not acceptable because of faults that can be found in it. Say, let's destroy it. And Jesus said, hey, the thing that's wrong with the law is that it's because it's only a partial revelation. And Paul said, for now we look through a glass darkly. We, we prophesy in part, 
we see in part, but when that which is in part is done away with, we'll see perfectly. Well, what was he saying? He was saying that most people are seen in part with their prophecy. They're seeing in part, and these things they're seeing in part are all the things that are going to be done away with. And that's the church. And Paul said that same veil that was over the eyes of the people in the days of Moses is still over the eyes in his day. And you can be sure that that's still the case today in this year 2012. Wow. And, and scientists really thought they discovered something when they came upon the idea of, of the, uh, the probability or the possibility of collapsing the wave function. And how this would be able to allow their, the idea of multiple universes and various kinds of hyperspace. And the idea of these tetrons that were special kind of particles that could travel faster than light because they went backwards in time instead of forward. Ah, the place of the singularity, the black hole. Where the universe ends and where the universe begins. It is said, does not apply to the law of physics. Well, if even the scientists admit that, that it cannot apply to the law of physics, and they admit that, and they say it over and over again, then let no, you know, scientist or physicist try to tell me about how the universe ends when they say that the laws of physics don't apply there. I'll tell you what does apply there. The revelation of the Holy Ghost. The Word of God. It applies there. Praise God. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Mark 13, 3. So are truths and mysteries and revelation separated by different rates of vibration? Absolutely. And there are all these different rates of vibration that belong to these different kinds of revelations and different degrees of revelation. And as we begin to open up our hearts and, and just be full of the love of God. God cleanses our mind and the Spirit moves in us. We can be sensitized to feel these vibrations of learning and vibrations of information. And as we begin to take in those vibrations, suddenly, as the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, there came a mighty rushing wind. And you get the idea that it was a whirl. Because even when Elijah was taken up, it was a, a whirlwind that took him up. So there's the whirlwind on the good side, and there's the whirlwind on the dark side. Why? Because it is configurative of a necessity for the highest order. And this imbues the same treatment with the connection to the vibrations 
that are everywhere in the world. Blessed be the name of God. So we begin to see connections here of the, of the hole, the pit, and the bottomless pit. The hole of the pit from whence ye are digged. Isaiah 51, 1 that we mentioned to you. The Bible says one day, this is in Micah 7.17, the nations that are confounded will move out of their holes like worms. People are bound in a black hole of mentality. They are bound in a back, black hole of confusion. They are confounded. And this message must go out. We need to understand what is holding we need to understand the power of, of the Antichrist, the power of the false prophet. We need to understand that there is a son of perdition who has betrayed Christ and now is betraying all the other people who are associated with him through uh, religious belief and, and Christianity. He's the guy that had the money purse. He always wanted to be top. And Satan has convinced him, you stick with me and you will go down in history as one of the greatest persons who ever lived. Wow. In Isaiah 14, 13, it talks about Lucifer going down, Lucifer, Satan. Isaiah 14, 13, to hell, to the sides of the pit. It talks... In another place, about the people of that hell rising up to meet him. He gets the key to the bottomless pit. He begins to use some of these incredibly intelligent, incredibly advanced people that are there. Because the spirit world continues. Their bodies are dead, but their spirits are still alive. And the Bible talks about worlds without end. Talks about the vanishing point being an obstacle that just keeps people from being able to see the truth because they haven't got the, the eye uh, visuality. And, and there's limits to their capability of seeing and understanding. Wow. We've got magnetism that comes in from the sun that's very dangerous. But then God gave the earth, from the core of the earth, created a Van Allen, Van, V-A-N, Allen, A-L-L-E-N, belt that blocks a lot of, the, uh, of the, those terrible vibrations that, that are dangerous. Well, don't you know that God has done the same thing for you? One of the things that can block all the, the evil out there, all the vibrations out there, is the power of the Holy Ghost. It, it, is a, it is like the Van Allen belt. It just puts a shield around you. It puts a, a, you know, a halo around you. And when all this fracas comes from the black hole mentalities, it cannot penetrate the holy atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. That's, what, that's why you know, Jesus said to the disciples, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power of the Holy Ghost. If you find yourself easily bored 
with the subjects of the Bible, it's because you live in the shallow realms of the Holy Spirit. You, you are barely infused with it. You need an experience. You need an experience. There's a, a symmetry in the universe, but a lot of people cannot see it. Sometimes they cannot see it because there, there is what is called interstitial. Interstitial means that there are spaces in between the symmetry. And so as soon as they hit onto one of those spaces, they lose the connection to the symmetry. But once you get into that mind of God's accounting, you are able to see those, uh, you know, kind of holes and, and spaces that are interstitial. And once you see them, then you use God's accountability to understand that you just, you, you, it's just like he's, Jesus, or pardon me, the, uh, like the Holy Spirit said in the Bible, that there were people who were not accounted as part of the genealogy. But if you leave those people in, it creates a problem. It messes up the genealogy. But God took those people out and they were not accounted because of, of the life and the sins that they committed. So you have, to, you have to do some subtraction. You have to, you know, there's places you divide, there's places you add, there's places you multiply. If you want to turn the waters into wine and turn, turn the bread and fishes into enough to feed the multitude, you've got to come into this, this visuality of, of all reality in which Jesus, you know, made it very, very clear. He's the God of the universe, not just the God of this little planet Earth. You miss that, you miss the whole, you miss the whole revelation. And we are being helped by Akava, solution of the riddles, this secret insight into the Bible, this code of the mystery of time, this power of reiteration that connects to the times times and the half times this logistical rhythmic revelation to the manifest a new kind of math that unfolds all these realities it's beautiful it's precious precious i read to you in the past you know where we spoke of can any person hide himself Find a secret place that God will not see him? And the Lord's answer was, I fill heaven and earth. And we read you Job 26, 13, how that by his spirit he has garnished the heavens. This is this lattice. This, this lattice that, that is so important to understand. By his spirit he has garnished the heavens. Something beautiful. You know that song? Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion he understood. Oh, blessed be the name of God. He's given us something to glisten with. He's garnished the heavens. In him we live, we move, and have our being. And we understand that the body without the spirit is dead, including the body of the universe. And we understand in Matthew thirteen thirty-eight that Jesus said the field, the meaning of the parable of the field 
is the very world itself, and he and the world word that it was taken from was the cosmos, the universe. God is omnipotent. Quit treating him like he's only on the cross and he's still there dying. He's omnipotent. Quit treating him like he's still in the grave. He's resurrected. Blessed be the name of God. We know that in these recent presentations on string, string math and multiple universe uh, multiple universes multiple worlds they tried to establish a proof of that which they knew wasn't a proof by using probability math <laughs> but they forgot to put in the fact of the famous scientific proposal of uncertainty of the uncertainty principle so the uncertainty principle makes probability math worthless because it's confounded by the fact that there is an uncertain uncertainty and that you, you cannot by any means figure that out because it is an uncertainty principle. Therefore, it makes the probability math to be without any, any power or reasonability at all. Wow. Wow. I want to read this scripture. I'm, I've got to bring things to an end. Turn with me real fast to Exodus 24. Exodus 24, as I bring this to a close. There's so much I didn't get into. Uh, we'll just have to keep going on. Next week will have to be, you know, will have to be the Astounding Revelation, Part 7. Okay, real fast. Exodus 24:10. Here is what it says, and this is so awesome. This is something that Moses and his, his uh, cohorts and, and his 70 disciples saw. And it was so important. 24, Exodus 24, 10. And they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And as it were, the body of heaven in its clearness. And sapphire is, is crystalline. And when you begin to understand the meaning of this, this crystalline, of the crystal lattice, of this net, of which Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a net, and, and understand that 95% that of the universe is not understood by the scientists because they call it dark energy and dark matter, and they don't know what that is. So 4 to 5% is all that they know about. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, God is dealing by His Spirit. Yes, there's human, human lattices, but the kingdom of heaven is like a net. Check it out in Matthew 13, 47. Check this understanding of even the altars that were used. How that they were made of a of a grate of net, network. Check that out in Exodus 27 4. 
Same chapter, but earlier verse. Same chapter that they told about this sapphire pavement that the disciples saw up in the heavens. God opened their eyes. They wouldn't have been able to see that. They were able to see something that had the connection to the, the dark energy, the, the effect of the, of the domain of God, the first domain of God on the whole universe. Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to the universe. Jesus said, God so loved the world, which was, God so loved the universe. That is why I am here. I am the Son. Don't subtract this rev wonderful revelation from the truth. There's so much more that I didn't get to share with you in my broadcast announcement. We'll continue next week. May God bless you. May God keep you. And I want to thank all of you who helped support the ministry. It's a very difficult thing that we have to do right now. We try to keep everything going, but God helps us. And people have asked me, what about the blogs? There's, there's not hardly any blogs coming on. Well, I'm just overloaded with work. I have so much going on right now. I'm working so many hours every day. I can just do what I can do. Pray for me. Stand by me. Please stand by me. God bless you. We love you. Goodbye.